Welcome to Building the Future, hosted by Kevin Horick. With millions of listeners a month, Building the Future has quickly become one of the fastest rising programs with a focus on interviewing startups, entrepreneurs, investors, CEOs, and more. The radio and TV show airs in 15 markets across the globe, including Silicon Valley. For full showtimes, past episodes, or to sponsor the show, please visit buildingthefutureshow.com. Welcome back to the show. Today we have Brian Regenzik. He's the CEO at Agency Spotter. Brian, welcome to the show. Hey, thanks for having me. Yeah, I'm excited to have you on the show. I, I think what you guys are doing at Agency Spotter is very much needed. But maybe before we get into that, let's get to know you a little bit better and start off with where you grew up. Sure. Yeah, we moved around a bit when I was younger. Uh, okay. But I would say Iowa is my uh, okay. Very point cool. of origin. Yeah, Davenport. Okay, so you went to university. What did you take and why? Oh, that's a great that's a great one. I actually entered university thinking maybe biomedical engineering. Okay. Um, what made you want I to take that? that well. <laughs> Was there like at a defining moment or a few things? You know, I, I think the I, I didn't have a great experience with calculus. Okay. Um me either. <laughs> and I think that was that was a yeah, that was one of the defining uh moments where I pivoted early on and uh I ended up studying psychology, and I had minors in business and uh, English lit. Okay. And um, at the same time, was teaching myself to code, and you know, it's a bit of a, uh, a little geeky and uh, into into um, the creative, like arts and, and design already. Um, Very cool. I was the editor of the Literary Art Magazine at the time, and yeah, I just I taught myself to code, and that's that's really. Um, practice that you know at the end of college okay um yeah so you get out of university walk me through your career up until agency spotter <laughs> um we, well i uh i did a lot of freelance initially okay. out of sure. college um i took a, a month off and backpacked across europe nice um I have some relatives over there still, and, and um, love to love to see them. But in terms of career-wise, it was you know some freelancing, doing you know website design early. This is before the dot-com boom of uh, you know, or, uh, bust, sorry, of two thousand. Right. And so you know pretty early days in terms of the web and technology, but um, helped on that front a number of small businesses, um, a local university. And then moved back to Atlanta, um, okay. and really grew my career from from there. I worked at a company that's now owned by Cisco. It used to be called Scientific Atlanta. Nice. Um, worked at WebMD. Worked at a a startup that was helping um, create digital sites and digital marketing in the early days uh, for mid tier. Banks and financial institutions. Okay, um, had a really interesting you know time there, leading a team. You know, my first experience really leading a small team of both on the design front and the development front. Okay, and cool. from there, yeah, from there I you know worked. I went to work at Philips, uh, 
part of Philip's Philip's electronics, now they're into healthcare lighting, like that right. kind of stuff. But I worked for Philip's design, and that was really one of my longest stints at a, at a company where I was able to spread my wings, work across many of the different business lines that Philip's had, okay. and lead teams and manage um, different you know, large programs, bigger budgets, and um, do a lot of innovation as well. So um, I was able to try a lot of different things out um, and get exposed to everything from consulting for General Motors on the future of the automobile um, Very cool. to helping, you know, folks um, healthcare launch their biggest, you know, medical healthcare show at uh, RSNA in Chicago Very cool. um, and finding ways to attract decision makers at hospitals and other, you know, big imaging centers and stuff like that that buy a lot of equipment to find ways to kind of push the boundaries and, and really engage them in a in really like a trade show environment. So like really wide spectrum of exposure there. After that I went to Coke. Um, Coca Cola was awesome. Sure. And I've heard I, great but things. <laughs> I, but I worked I worked really, really hard. And the team there that I was in, um, I was a group director of global design uh, at Coca-Cola, working on brands like Minute Maid, Sprite, Vitamin Water, cool. and helped, helped work across design around the globe, so helping coordinate different stakeholders and uh, initiatives. But it was quite the slog, and we did a lot of work in a short amount of time. And uh, after that, I just decided it was time. You know, I needed to work. I like working hard. Sure. I'm a bit of a workaholic. Okay. But I decided it was time to really work hard for myself. And that's when I kind of jumped, jumped ship. And with the idea behind Agency Spotter, um, I consulted for about a year and a half, banked the money, and rolled it in to help found Agency Spotter at the time. Okay. So, what exactly is Agency Spotter and how did you come up with the idea? Um, so while I was at Coke and even before that at Phillips, I would get asked, what agency should I use? What design firm should I use? Interesting. And that got, I got asked that more and more as I kind of rose up through the ranks. And at Coke, being a group director, um, I got asked it all the time. You know, two weeks didn't go by and, and somebody didn't ask me or email me or want help trying to figure out you know, navigating that landscape. And I quickly realized that, you know, Coke, even Coke is a big company, some, a company that's known for like be, being, having really good marketing prowess. And, and uh, they didn't have a way to search the agencies Interesting. Um, outside of procurement where, you know, you get a name on a spreadsheet. And, I mean, most marketers are not going to trust a name on a spreadsheet that someone else put there. Interesting. So sure. there's no context, right? Yeah. And so that, you know, that was fascinating to me, but also really frustrating. And sure. I started to ask a lot of different questions of people both inside of the company, um, other people I knew you know, at other big brands. And I realized it was a common problem. All these okay. people had no way to navigate the agency space internally. And so they kept just adding more and more 
suppliers or vendors, whatever you want to call the agencies. Sure. Helping them. And it kind of was out of, you know, kind of out of control. Um, Coke at the time had over 3,500 agencies around the world. Oh, wow. Um, and no way to, you know, figure out who's doing good work or bad work or, you know, uh, who's even still working, you know, doing any work uh, sure. really with the company. So that was a bit of a problem. And I started talking to smaller, medium-sized companies too. And I realized they have the same problem. When they go to look for a new partner, they're like, you know, they ask their network, but their network was not really responding. People are getting inundated just like I was with, hey, who should I use questions? And really, without knowing what you need, the landscape had gotten too complex to just say, oh, you should use these guys. Sure. You know, back in the day when there were fewer agencies, fine, but, um, you know, the landscape you know, at the time and, and now is that in the U.S. alone, there's somewhere between 80 and 100,000 agencies. Wow. Right. That's, you know, huge numbers. And the nuances that digital and experiential and all these other you know, shopper marketplace, other niche services have brought to the marketplace yeah it made it really hard for your network to help you um so people started saying well you know what i'm doing is just banging my head against google i'm searching i'm googling for an agency yeah because nobody i can't figure it out any any other way and that was happening at the biggest companies down to you know smaller brands who needed you know, their first agency and okay. uh yeah so agency Spotter really was born out of my own experience and that of you know people I knew and the research we did to try and solve the how do you connect decision makers who have budget with agencies and design firms who want to help them you know solve problems and do better you know campaigns. No, I it makes total sense to me. I I know like the crazy thing about it is. There's there's been kind of a boom in the last decade or so in the space, maybe even longer than that. The, the thing that's really, really challenging, and you touched on it, is finding the right one for your needs, right? Because yeah. so much of this stuff nowadays has been completely automated for 10, 20, 50, couple hundred dollars a month. But the problem with that, and I don't even mean it mean, is that works great for a certain percent percentage of your business, but there is still a lot of custom stuff that companies need to stand and and be different from their competitors and even just make themselves look like an innovative company. Do you agree with that, or what are your thoughts on that? Absolutely. I think now, because every industry is kind of is growing, has grown up and, and started to get saturated. Not everyone, yeah, but, but sure. a lot of the more traditional ones, like automotive, right? Yeah. You get these mailers. You go, you know, go to a website. They all look the same, right? What's yeah. Different? They all say they have amazing customer service, but what's really different about them, right? Yep. And there's very few of them who are differentiating themselves and you know, really delivering on what they promise, yeah. whether it's higher, you know, higher, um, 
higher touch, more luxury, whatever it is. Yeah, yeah. Um, as an example, like I think that's true in many, many categories. When I was at Philips Healthcare, one of the things that was amazing, like to learn about, is how these hospitals in each city are competing against each other for patients. Yeah, like, interesting. I never thought of anything like that, but totally. even in, you know, healthcare and doctors' offices, and you know, name any industry, and they there's so much more competition, especially with digital now, and there's so much more knowledge out there in you know in forums and and you know if you're looking at restaurants are you on yelp or you know how are you you know deciding where to hang out or you know grab grab your next dinner and that's really what we wanted to bring to the agency space help people navigate this complex landscape and find the right match for them sure not just because they do branding if you need branding right sure but because maybe they are a small agency in search by size, maybe they fit within your budget ranges, like the type of work they do is along the lines of what you're looking to spend. You know, you know, maybe you're looking for women-owned uh, yeah. agency. All that sure. stuff. You know, we basically helped map that out and build a platform that helps people drill down on what's important to them. Industry expertise, like, do you want somebody in the automotive you know space? What, what are you looking for? And it helps you really get down to a known universe of sure. agencies. And I think that's, that saves people tremendous amounts of time. And, and that's what a, a lot of what we do is, is based on. It's just saving people time, helping them make decisions with more confidence than ever. Sure. No, that, that makes a lot of sense. So maybe people have gotten this or not, but I want to make sure... They're 100% clear. I go to agencyspotter.com as an as a company looking for an agency. Walk me through the process. And then I want to cover as a company that w- wants to get added to the site right after that. Yeah, so if I'm a, a marketer or a decision maker at a company, sure. uh, at a brand, you basically, the best thing to do is to log in. It's easy. Okay do a LinkedIn, sure. um, and then you basically put in some parameters, right? If you know an agency name, you can look them up, and you'll be able to see if clients have reviewed them and see what they've said about them. If you know more about what you need, you don't know the agency name you're looking for, you can add in, start with a service or a couple services okay. that you're looking for, so maybe advertising and marketing strategy. Um, maybe you also need media in the mix, right? Right. So maybe you check those three boxes. And maybe you need an agency that's near you. So you add a location. Maybe you're looking for an agency in New York City or Boston. Sure. And you, you you plug that in and quickly you get results. And there's advanced search features. So you could add a budget range, right? You could select, I need somebody who specializes or has experience in aviation industry right. or the consumer electronics industry. Any, any of things you do. And um, you start to narrow it down using those filters very quickly. I think one of the, you know, getting down to a set of, you know, 50 agencies, it still sometimes can be intimidating for people. Sure. But you, you quickly can see you know, who has reviews, right? Right. And go read those reviews and really see what other people like yourself have said about working with you. 
those agencies. And I think that's for agencies to differentiate themselves. That's a huge factor uh, when we when we launched the public platform uh, about six years ago. You know, there was a lot of resistance from agencies at the time. Oh, we'll never need to get customer reviews on you know on a third party site. But today, the reality is, if you don't have a review that's verified by a third party site, you're missing huge amounts of of business. And sure, people don't necessarily trust a testimonial that you know a quote that you put on your own website as much as they do. Yeah, interesting. So. There's, you know, there's a lot of nuances there, but that's what, you know, that's what helps that data and bring it, putting it in a easy to digest form, yeah. like narrow down your search and then reinforce who is, you know, a good agency to reach out to or talk to with what other, you know, other people are saying about them. Um, yeah, that's, that's human nature, right? Um, totally. Well, no, the thing that I find interesting about what you guys do is so many people whether it's still i i think think they need to find somebody locally and and that may be true but they might have better luck trying to find somebody that's maybe located across the country from them that specializes in their industry because with the internet nowadays, well, hypothetically, well, not even hypothetically, like right now you and I recording this episode are in two different countries, right? And so the internet has simplified things so much that why wouldn't you look for the best possible agency and it the geographic region doesn't matter anymore. Like before the internet, it very much mattered because I, I remember I had a design teacher years ago that literally said when he was working, they would send print proofs with a cab to like drive the proof to the company. But nowadays, like yep. I just send you a quick email and I, as a PDF and say, hey, this is the proof of whatever I'm doing design on and you can almost approve it instantly right and and so what you guys are doing makes so much sense in the sense that i can find somebody that's very relevant to what i'm looking for anywhere that will give me exactly what i'm looking for right and Especially, like, sure, if you're in New York or L.A., you may be able to find that, or even Atlanta. You might be able to find that locally, but if you're not in those big cities, or maybe you are, you want somebody that's specifically specialized in what you're looking for. Is that fair to say? It is fair to say. And, and, you know, there's so many barriers people have to, like, starting to look for an agency. Mm -hmm. You know, we're... I love data. So, uh, you know, even though I didn't go in biomedical engineering, and I did, didn't love calculus. Uh, I still love data and I you know, respect research and we try and bring that data to the marketplace. And so one of the things that you know, we've learned is people sometimes are afraid they can't afford an agency, right? Well, if you're looking, if you're, you're sitting in New York and you're looking in a, in, you know, for an agency in New York, but you have like really, really small budget, well, cost of living might 
be too high for you to afford somebody like this. Maybe. You may still be able to find some, but um, now you can open up those geographic boundaries, right, and find somebody at the right price point for what you yeah. need to get done. Now, you can't, you can't, you know, there's some services that, like, you're going to get what you pay for, right? Sure. But there are other things where, you know, you really, you know, maybe you just need something really simple. It's really straightforward. And you need an agency that can deliver. Yeah, that. fair. Um, and, and I think, so, so there's, like, high-end stuff. There's mid-tier stuff. There's, you know, sure. more, like, production stuff. And just making that, liberating that data and making it easier for people to access what they need, when they need it, and be more confident in who they're they're starting to do work with it's just huge you know removing barriers and saving people time um, so that people can get on to doing great work right and yeah. connecting with their own customers yeah well and this is a bit of a tangent and i'll bring it back after but it seems to me i've been a designer my whole career for for a long time it seems to me that the most important thing nowadays, and, and you can tell me if I'm wrong, is finding somebody or a team of people or maybe both that truly understands your industry or the web or whatever platforms you're really trying to target because <laughs> it, it's it's really easy to find a really good designer or developer, but actually finding somebody that's passionate about your industry or understands your industry or understands the technology stack that you're using is really, really tricky. Do you agree with that? Or what are your thoughts on that? It is. I mean, it is still a human decision. You need to talk to the people, you know, and get to know them before you make a decision. We definitely don't, you know, get you down to one agency and say, go work with this one agency, right? Want sure. you to actually engage and talk to them to the agency. Because everybody has different needs, right? Yeah, sure. you're right. Like sometimes it is about, you know, a certain level of expertise in a certain very niche industry or, uh, you know, being like being able to come up with a, you know, a big idea for the next advertising campaign that's going to help you grow your brand tremendously right, out there in the marketplace. Sometimes it's also, you know, there's many people that it's like, I, you know, yes, I want really good work, but my number one driver is I want a partner who is very responsive and can meet my challenge, my challenges when we're in a certain season sure. to turn things around quickly. You know, yeah. so there's a lot of variety. Every company, every person in that company and in every industry is so different. Um, yeah. And who the part, what a great partner to them looks like. Yeah, fair. So if I'm an agency, how do I get on your platform? Yeah, it's it's pretty easy. You just you, you go on, uh, log in, and you'll see uh, at my agency at the very top. Um, fill out the form, and okay. once you fill it out, you can start building an unpublished portfolio uh, right away. And then you know our, our team reviews those and will approve them. We do have a minimum threshold, so okay. if you're an independent contractor. There's a lot of other sites out there for you. Okay. We really try to you know 
work for people who have been in business for a year, who have a couple full-time um, uh, founders or you know full-time staff that are you know have a vision to grow into you know something bigger, right? Sure. Um, yeah. No, that... so it's, it's relatively easy. Yeah. No, that that makes a lot of sense. So, I, I'm curious then. How do you guys monetize the platform? Well, that's, you know, we've talked a lot about the public side of the platform. And, okay. and so agencyspotter.com, that's kind of what it is. And we, we monetize, you know, similar to many other uh, review sites. Agencies basically uh, can be on there for free, but they okay. can pay to show up a little higher in search results or have a few more services. We still cap it. We've okay. learned from a lot of the decision makers out there that, you know, they don't trust an agency necessarily. If the agency says they do like 20 things and they think they're awesome at 20 things and they're sure. only at like 20 person shop. Right. Okay. So we, we did put a cap on, you know, an agency needs to choose five services that they're great at. Um, they can, those are the services you're going to be found for. Um, you can have secondary services. So once somebody finds you for what you're great at, they can see the other things that you do and how you can support them in a more holistic way. Sure. But you know, that's kind of the way we monetize and we help, you know, help those agencies get out there in front and connect with a decision makers that way. On the private side of our platform, we have a product um, that helps the really big brands and solves the problem that I had when I was at Coke that we were talking about earlier, Sure. where we bring kind of a version of agency spotter that's a private version for those big brands okay. that helps them navigate the agency space, review internally, you know, um, see who in my company has worked with this agency before. And, you know, even we're integrating with systems like, um, you know, payment systems and sure. you know, uh, legal systems so that the, the marketer now just has to go to this one place Sure. Not only to find an agency, but to start work with them, to start nice. a, a statement of work or start a purchase order, things like that. So it's a very, you know, big big companies are pretty complicated. Yeah. And so we're we're kind of simplifying that experience for all the marketers and subject matter experts who are, you know, working with agencies day in day out instead of remembering, you know, twenty different, you know portals they need to go to to start work with an agency you know they can just go to one place and have a very simple experience that is rewarding and gets them you know gets the agency doing the work rather than ties you know ties everybody's hands and everybody knows what you know what they need to get done to start that no that that makes total sense i i, I totally get that so you guys are about to publish a trends report what exactly is that and why is that super important? Because I think it's super important, but I, I want the listener to understand that as well. Yeah, so, I mean, there's lots of different marketing trends reports out there. Uh, we put out one annually and we're always adding new facets to it. Okay. What, what's different about ours is that we're basing it, a lot of the, the insights on what, decision makers are actually searching. So, okay. Interesting. You know, we know every year, you know, for the last six years, advertising has been the number one search term. 
afraid and service. Okay, interesting. But there's lots of nuances about that. You know, sure. Advertising is actually losing ground every year, right? Yeah. What is it losing ground to? Are there services that are, you know, for the last six years have been declining? Are there some that have, you know, are rising? And do they align with, you know, the hot trends, the things you, you read about, right? right? So bringing that data to bear on what, you know, you might hear a lot about ARVR, but is it really what people are searching for and, 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 and buying? Oh, interesting. At what volume, right? Things like that. Sure. That, you know, may be a buzzword, but is it actually, um, is the market really ready for it and, are they buying it at, at, you know, at the same rate as some of the other services? So sure. I think it helps marketers, you know, if you, especially if you're a subject matter expert, it helps you understand where your, um, where your area of expertise might be in demand uh, with agencies. Sure. And, and there may be many agencies who can help you and where it might be a bit more niche and still developing and, and, uh, or, even possibly defining. Um, so we, we help you navigate some of those things sure. and and pair it with a lot of the other data that, that other people put out. Yeah. No, that, that yeah, it, that's actually really quite interesting because I, I know a year ago, January, I know we're into February at this point, but um, VR was the hot thing, at least on the West Coast, right? And yeah. this year... It's not so hot at all. And if you if you go by the media, there's been a bunch of VR companies that have closed do- closed their doors and shut down, right? Yeah. And so yeah. if you're an agency that decided to pump a ton of money in, in that space or, or client, sorry, well, both really, you may or may not be around based on or you might have had a hard year. Right, because you yeah, you yeah. tried to ride that trend or you didn't ride that trend. So, and obviously, it, it seems to me, and you can correct me if I'm wrong, that different parts of the country obviously adopt things quicker than others. But there are certain things that, if you watch the hotspots in a country, you can watch their trends, and you're like, well, that trend's really hot right now. But like, is that going to be hot in six months? Maybe, maybe not. Or, or what's your yeah. thought on that whole kind of thing, right? Yeah, I think we, we definitely serve as kind of a guidepost there in helping people kind of evaluate some sure. of those, those uh, like hot, hot or not, like trends. Yeah. Um, and are they going to stick around and become, you know, real and materialize? I think the other thing, too, that we've learned over the years is, you know, services like user experience design, right? Yeah. It was hot for a number of years and really right up at the top. And now you know, it, it's declined a few, uh, for a few years in a row. But sure. we've learned that that's not because people aren't demanding great user experience. It's because they expect it yeah. to be baked in if yeah. you're buying any service, right? So it's, yeah. there's also things like that that, you know, just like you were saying, you know, there, there's people adopting that adopted user experience design like early on, like early yeah. adopters, right? For really playing on that and, and and capturing large, you know, large shares of the market because of it. But yeah. now it's become kind of more mainstream and it's baked in. Yeah, it's expected. So we, we also break that down. Yeah. yeah. No, that makes sense. Because like, well, I think the simplest example I can think of, and you can correct me if I'm wrong or, or maybe give me a better example, but 
since Apple launched the iPhone, people expect a good experience on their mobile phone, either in Safari or Chrome or, or Firefox, right? Like, like if they have to yeah, pinch yeah. the zoom around your website and it's not not optimized for the <laughs> iPhone, people get angry, right? Yeah, and, yeah. And, and so that's a simple example of if you haven't optimized, and I know Google penalizes you now, but that's within the last couple of years. But there's been these huge companies that have basically set a standard to your point, to prove your point, that people just expect it, right? Like it's not even yeah. a question when they're looking for something. They're just like, well, of course it's going to work on on a smartphone or or a tablet because that's been the industry standard for a number of years now, right? And if you're yeah. not doing the industry standard, you have some catching up to do. And you, and if you don't catch up, you may or may not be around, right? But it's nice to well, have yeah. your report to actually validate: Should I be doing VR, or 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 is that just like a trend that become became and gone? Because the perfect example is kind of like the 3D TV, right? If you would have went after the 3D <laughs> TV market, a few like. A few years ago, you'd probably be out of business at this point. Yeah, yeah. Well, and you know, just just to that point, I mean, you know, there's definitely you know things on the digital realm. There's sure. other things like path to purchase. Okay, whether you're on e-commerce, whether you're on e-commerce or whether you have a physical store, right? There are sure. agencies that are great at helping you with shopper marketing and and you know the experience you know that you have in those different places to help remove barriers so yeah. that the path to purchase is clean and you have clear ways to kind of entice people and get them to you know make a, a decision and you know reduce shopping cart abandonment whether you are a physical store and the, the abandonment happens because your lines are too long yeah. or you're a digital you know e-commerce platform and it's because of some other you know um user experience or you know um marketing you know barrier that you know, is in place yeah, removing that stuff drives real economic gains for companies and creates happy consumers, right? Yeah. Happy shoppers. And all that kind of stuff is, you know, so important to you, you know, if if that's you know, an area you're 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 in or it's important to your brand, it's it yeah, it just creates a much better experience and so it's like Amazon even, right? Like yeah, in the early days, Amazon felt a little clunky. Yeah. But they were pumping huge amounts of dollars into understanding, you know, that click through and, you know, how to optimize things. And now it's still, you know, might not be as sexy of a site as some of the smaller e-commerce players. Totally. But for the volume of stuff that they're selling and how fast you can get to a lot of things, it, you know, it is still quite a feat and, and pretty impressive. Oh, for sure. Well, and I, I think just to ride on the Amazon example, I think some of the next big innovations are going to be bringing technology back into the physical world. And I think the perfect example of that is Amazon doing their Amazon Go stores. I know they're in Seattle and a, I think a couple other uh, physical locations now where you literally just like pick a product off the shelf because you scanned in when you walked into the store. It knows which uh, items you picked off the shelf. And then you walk out of the store. You don't actually physically go to a cashier. 
it just automatically bills your credit card and you get a receipt. And, and so I think some of the biggest innovation is actually going to be leveraging technology back into the physical world, right? And yeah. having designers and agencies solve those problems is very, very challenging and very much needed at this point, right? And to touch on kind of your user experience design, that is very much relevant to trying to make things easier for people. Nobody likes waiting in line for anything. And Amazon yeah. seems to have solved that. And I know other companies are implementing that. I'm just trying to use Amazon as a good example that I think a yeah. lot of people have probably heard of. But there's so much innovation to be done still on and offline or a combo of both. And I think what you guys are doing at Agency Spotter to allow people to search and filter and find the agencies that are playing in their space makes a lot of sense and saves people a ton of time and money. Is that fair to say? Yeah, absolutely. And you know, you could even go on the platform and search by, you know, projects and campaigns that have been done in okay. you know, service areas. So you'll you, you can actually judge, you know, look at the work and see who does good work that way as well. Um, sure. a lot of creative directors like that. But but you know, to play on the shopping thing, you know, in, in way, way, way back, I'm dating myself, but in two thousand three sure. I actually at Philips Design did a lot of future of shopping research and okay. published paper, white papers, patents, whatever. Interesting. But we predicted all the things that Amazon's doing, like, you know, they, they were already, you know, predicted. And we sure. were way early. But um, it's kind of an interesting point. Like, if you had invested back in then in those technologies, you probably would have went bust as a startup, right? Yeah. Or even big companies, you know, would have wasted a lot of money and it would have sat on a shelf somewhere. Sure. Um, but now, you know, I think, the physical world, the digital world, you know, things are coming together and that creates tremendous opportunities, not only for the customer experience and, you know, retailers, but it creates amazing experience opportunity for the companies when they're thinking about how, how to think about their brands, their next yeah, campaign for advertising, you know, those are huge points of differentiation. Like you were saying, customers want this, you know, they want, you know, they want to, you know, be able to just pick something up and walk out of the shop and not have to queue up in a line and wait, you know, for, you know, the person in front of them who's being slow to get out of the way. Sure. Um, they can just leave, right? And, they, yeah. you know, it charges automatically. I think that there's a lot of new ways to talk about that stuff um, and differentiate your brand, your store, your, you know, your experience, whether you're in the physical world or, or, or online. No, I 100% agree. The, the other thing that I want your thoughts on is the agency as we've kind of known it, I think is not dying off, but if you don't evolve as an agency and stay kind of relevant and current, you will die off. Do you agree with that or do you Absolutely. think that's kind of harsh? No, I mean, I think it's, it, it is harsh, but I think it's reality, right? Sure. Like, you know, it's kind of like keep up, you know, or get out of the way. Yeah, um, interesting. The, the um, you know, and the, you know, the market, if you're big enough, right, like how big you are sometimes helps you keep momentum longer. Sure. Right. And you can kind of 
plow your way through, but eventually, you know, enough of parts of your business are chipped away. Sure. Your rolling stone kind of turns into a pebble and, you know, yeah, you're left looking around like, well, what do we do now? Sure. Um, so I think that the ones, you know, whether you're a new agent, newer agency or, or a, an agency that's been around forever, reinventing yourself, not just in words, but in how you go to market and yeah. the expertise you bring sure. to challenge your customers and, and um, drive value um, and not overhead. I think it's, it's huge, a huge part of how um, the agency landscape will continue to evolve. And, you know, we've seen a lot of the big brands, uh, sure. I'm sorry, the big agencies, um, you know, starting to merge some of their agencies and come up with new kind of, combined names and, and things like that to try and stay ahead of things or catch back up. But yep. um, at the end of the day, you know, you know, there are more agencies being created every year than there are those shutting their doors sure. or merging with others. Sure. Um, and so, you know, in lots of different ways, the piece of the pie, even if it's growing and, you know, marketing, the spend in marketing has been growing for, the last uh, four four years, for the most part, in most industries, and you know, it's getting bigger, but the number of agencies is way increasing at a much faster sure. rate. So the pie is getting divided up in lots of new ways. Sure. And how you capitalize on that as an agency, and how you manage your budget as a as a a brand, um, can really help or hurt you. No, that makes sense. So. I'm I'm curious to know where does Agency Spotter go in, in 2019 and beyond without kind of giving away anything, but where do you guys kind of see yourself going in 2019? Um, I think you'll you'll see us a lot more um, flexing our mus- muscle on the private side of the of the platform. Okay, but I think it's really creating an ecosystem, right? Sure. So even if we are helping these really big brands. Um, navigate their own internal landscape of agencies sure. um, and partners, that feeds back to the public platform in many different ways sure. and enriches the data there as well. Sure. Um, so I think you'll, you'll see us continue to forge ahead and uh, provide new insights and new ways to um, think about and, and evolve and, and find the right partner for you. Sure. Whether you're at a big brand or, or whether you need a new partner and you're using the public platform. No, well, that makes a lot of sense, man. But we're kind of coming to the end of the show. So let's close with mentioning where people can get more information about you guys and any other links you want to mention. Sure. Um, agencyspotter.com. Um, that's our website. If you navigate to the report section, you'll be able to get to the trends report. Um, we put that out every year. We're on Twitter at Agency Spotter, and you can also find us on Facebook and LinkedIn. We're pretty active on there. Um, appreciate you having me. Of course, man. I really appreciate you taking the time of your day to be on the show. Look forward to keeping in touch with you, and have a good rest of your day, man. You too. Thanks thank, so much. Thank you. Okay, bye. Thanks for listening. Please visit our website at buildingthefutureshow.com to join the free community, sign up for our newsletter, or to sponsor the show. The music is done by Electric Mantra. You can check him out at electricmantra.com and keep building the future.